Finding Japan. Quickie, quickie, ooh-wee! So I'm back with another one of these short little episodes in the times of Corona. And today's episode is going to be about The Woman in the Dunes, Sunano Onna. This is a book and a movie. The book, 1962, is by Abe Kobo, uh, which is actually kind of cool because uh, he wrote it as a book in 1962, and then it came out as a apparently a very accomplished, a very recognized movie uh, the following year. And the reason why I chose this book is because this is one of the books... It's kind of famous. It's just a famous novel. It's it won the Yomiuri Prize, and it's considered, you know, I think it's considered Kobo's like kind of ma- or Abe's masterwork. And um, I've never read it. I've started it in English years ago, and then I tried to start it in Japanese years ago. I'm reading it now. I'm still in the beginnings of it. The basic premise is very simple, and this is not a giveaway. This stuff is written on the back of the book. It's if you look at the, if you look at any like. Uh, synopsis, not synopsis, but like little like I- intro or quick uh, brief summary of the of the plot without giving away everything. Basically, this entomologist, entomologist, a dude who's into bugs, goes into the deserts, probably Totori Prefecture in Western Japan, and looking for bugs, but looking for this rare insect, and then he kind of stumbles upon this like like this really dilapidated, sad village and covered in sand. Um, needs a place to stay, is invited into this lady's house, and basically, in the beginning of the book, they tell you that after seven years, he's declared dead because he never comes back from this trip. So he's basically stuck in his house, hauling sand out for this lady, and these, you know, creepy, I think they're fishermen or something, these creepy fishermen in this village, and this lady, and that's the story, you know, and from the synopsis of the stuff I've seen, it sounds like it's one of those, like, a little bit Stockholm Syndrome. At first, he wants to escape, but then eventually he just, like, gives in to his fate. I'm curious, though. I'm curious to read it. The thing about novels is most of the time it's the journey, not the destination. So it's like, I think I know how it's going to end, but it's more about, like, how his, like, you know, what happens, like, his interaction with the lady and maybe the other people in the village, his interactions with sand, nature, his interactions with his own sanity and his own like will to want to escape and then his giving up and then his actually accepting the situations. It'll be interesting to see how that's depicted. Uh, as I mentioned, this book was written in 1962 and then the following year or the year after, the uh, two years later, 1964, the movie came out. I haven't seen the movie. I've never even finished reading the book. So I'm going to finish reading the book and then I'm going to watch the movie. The movie apparently is... Uh, the screenplay was adapted by Abe Kobo, so you know it has his blessing. It has it's probably uh, very accurate in tone to the book, so it'll be interesting. And I love old Japanese movies, so I think this would be a great like kind of a one-two set to uh, recommend to people. If uh, you if you like reading, you know read the English language translation. Uh, if you can read Japanese, of course you know read Japanese. Um, if you don't like reading, can't read Japanese, watch the movie. Um, yeah, and, you know, if I guess you can leave comments on the website. I'm not necessarily asking for comments. But if people have read this book before or seen this movie or decide to, you know, use Corona time to make it reading time, you know, please go ahead. Uh, 
you know, quite interesting, I think. It's an intriguing premise, right? Getting stuck in a sandy house in the dunes with some crazy ass woman. Um, and then becoming, I don't know if you become crazy yourself, but you become to realize that crazy is the new normal, which is kind of cool. And this is also an interesting book because it kind of tells a little bit about my journey, uh, about learning to read Japanese and getting into reading novels in Japanese. And one of my ideas behind learning how to read another language is read, you know, read something or get into something you're into that you're actually interested in if you love harry potter well you know read all the harry potter books well, if you were if you were going to study english let's say you were learning english and you know you're japanese and you're learning english well read all the harry potter translations of the harry potter books you're gonna love them right you love them you're into harry potter you know all the stories you know what happens to dumbledore and you know you know you know you know what a horcrux is and all that kind of good stuff whatever right you're into it and then you read it and then as you as you're you know you read graded readers you study english you you read things are a little bit increasingly uh go up in difficult increase in difficulty and then eventually you come around to reading the harry potter books in english uh, you know you might not get everything but you know the story you're really into the characters and then you can you know, take your time and go on the journey so this is one of the books that i had wanted to do this with um i ended up not really I'm going to read it now. Uh, for me, the book that got me into reading Japanese, one of the books that got me into reading Japanese is uh, Snow Country by Kawabata Yasunari, which I've talked about on this podcast ages ago. I've met, And I've also mentioned this to people. Well, actually, not that long ago. The episode that uh, me and Chris did where we review or talk about this, uh, talk about Snow Country in quite in, in quite in depth. So, Yeah. This is another recommendation in these uh, Corona times. The Woman in the Dunes. Suna no Onna by Abe Kobo. And just to make it a little bit of a Japanese lesson, uh, a lot of the difficulty behind reading Japanese is that every, basically, each Chinese character has a onyomi, which is the Chinese-derived reading. Uh, obviously, pronunciation and and sound changed, adapted into the Japanese language, but it is originally a Chinese. It's a way in English language we have words with prefixes and suffixes that come from Latin or Greek or things like that. You know, duo and mono, monopoly, you know, pre, international, inter, those kind of things. So there is a Chinese style reading of, of Chinese characters that's called onyomi. On reading, so it's a Chinese style, Chinese derived reading of a character. Then you have a Japanese derived reading, or the Japanese reading of a character, which is called kunyomi. So, for example, Abe Kobo's name. This is his pen name. His actual name is Abe Kimifusa. Now, the thing about this is that the Chinese characters are the same for his personal name, Kimifusa Kobo, and that is because Kimi is the Japanese reading. The Japanese style reading for ko, and fusa is the Japanese style reading for bo. So, uh, for whatever reason, I guess he thought it would be cooler sounding if his name was Kobo, which just sounds, you know, kind of more writerly, I guess, and maybe kind of cool and, you know, strong consonants. So, Abe Kobo. So, this is true in a whole bunch of Japanese 
basically all the kanji. But for example, let's take Mount Fuji, which is Fujisan in Japanese. Now, when I was a kid, you know, Fujisan is obviously a very revered mountain in Japan. It's the tallest mountain in Japan. It's beautiful. It's got that iconic conical shape. It's got snow on the top, you know, much of the year, whatever. It's beautiful. It's lovely, right? It's, it's Mount Fuji. Um, so I thought the Japanese were calling it Fujisan because they were trying to be polite the way you, you know, Tanaka-san, Daniel-san, right? So San is an honorific. However, that's only because it's a homonym. The Fujisan in San is not San as in Tanaka-san. The Fujisan in San, the San in Fujisan is uh, the Onyomi, the Chinese style reading of the character Mountain, which is, of course, in the Japanese reading, Yama. And so, you know, I think people have seen like Japanese restaurants called Fujiyama. You can do that. Jap most Japanese people don't refer to the mountain as Fujiyama. I think for whatever just sound cultural reasons, it just sounds not as cool. I, I don't have any research for that or any kind of like, you know, like evidence, but it just doesn't sound as cool. Um, but the mountain is often is mountains called Fujisan, which, you know, the English common translation, Mount Fuji, the mountain going at the end instead of the beginning but still mount fuji fujisan so that's all that's really happening and the reason that's happening is because the chinese character for mountain can be read as san or it can be read as yama and when you do which reading you just you you kind of there's some guidelines some vague rules you kind of know when you when which reading is used when um it's part of the difficulty or the challenge of learning the japanese uh reading and writing system but it's also part of the kind of charm of it. Uh, place names, people's names. Um, a lot of times the Chinese reading is similar, is used similarly the way we'll use, you know, like Latin based or Greek based uh, words in science or in academia or in more serious situations, right? You know. Or in a more casual parlance, you might say, hey, yeah, I've traveled to a lot of different countries. You know, I've traveled overseas in more, a little bit more formally. You might be like, you know, yes, I'm an experienced international traveler or, you know, or I, maybe that's a bad example. But I think you get what I'm saying. So that's just a little bit of a insight into the Japanese language. It's quite complicated. Um, it takes time and, and practice and uh, some study and just experience, you know, taking your time reading stuff and getting familiar with it. You eventually figure it out. It it has some, you know, some broad, broad rules, uh, tendencies. But yeah, uh, so I think that's going to be it for today. Once again, the book is The Woman in the Dunes, Sunano Onna uh, by Abe Kobo. Or you can show off to your friends. His real name is Abe Kimifusa. <laughs> if you'd like. You don't have to. I recommend you probably don't. It's a good way to get punched in the face. Well, you might not get punched in the face because if you're practicing social distancing, no one should be able to be close enough to you to punch you in the face. But you get what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. I'm going to read this book. And then when I finish the book, I'm definitely going to get into the movie. Uh, and I hope you'll do so too, if you're interested.